President Trump is the most LGBT-friendly Republican to be elected president. This statement doesn't offer solace to many LGBT Americans, however. For this episode, we had our very own Allie. What's up, guys? And Aaron Clark, two LGBT students, give their take on the issue. Aaron Clark. I am a junior. My name is Ali DeFazio. You guys already know me. I'm the voice that's been on Trump 101 the past couple of weeks. And today, Aaron and I are going to talk about growing up gay in our respective countries um, and how we feel about the current political climate in the United States, specifically with President Trump. Um, I think we're just going to start out at the beginning. Um, this is this is a question that like every straight person asks me is when they find out I'm gay is, what's your coming out story? Um, I'll start with uh, briefly mine. This is this is the thing about coming out stories to me is that people like want like a specific instance of like, you just woke up and knew you were gay. Like I realized it when like Katy Perry's I Kissed a Girl came on. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Something like I get that. that a lot. Yeah. yeah, it's so, it's frustrating. Uh, like at least for me, I'll think back on things when I was little and I'll be like, oh, my God, that was like super gay that I thought that. And then like realize like I really are like you were born this way. Like a recent example, um, I've been listening to the Dixie Chicks a lot lately. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Katie's laughing. And there's this one song they have called uh, Goodbye Earl. And not like this is going to sound like lesbian man hating. Like this song is about... um, this uh, guy abuses his wife, and the wife's best friend like flies into town. They they kill this guy. Oh my god! I know this sounds like terrible, but the song I really liked when I was little was because at the How end old of were it. You? Oh god, like three or four. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the song, these two women like live together and have like a roadside stand selling Tennessee ham. And like uh, that idea to me, even at like four years old, was like, oh, that I really like that. These like two women who like grow old together, like mm-hmm. not even like recognizing that that was like a very gay thought to have. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What about like, what about you? I mean, going on the same lines, I, um, I was living in Kuwait at the time kind of had feelings ever since I was a kid, you know, a toddler just walking around, picking and choosing who to hang out with. But yeah, no, I kind of knew about the label gay around 12. And then I finally became okay with it when I was 16. And that's kind of when I came out. Uh, I first came out to friends, but unfortunately it didn't go as well as I hoped. After a while, that became the news at the school, so I was outed. Uh, So that was a harsh couple of years at the end of high school. Um, But at the end, I was accepted by a couple of teachers, and I found a couple of friends that did accept me for all my flaws. And then I came out to my dad once. Uh, But 
well, I came out to him because of circumstances. I got into some legal issues back home. Even though it's not strictly written that being gay is illegal, it's hinted. It's there. So I had to come out okay. to him. Um, and I didn't get the reaction that I wanted. So it was a negative reaction. Um, how did your dad respond? Um, well, my dad was conflicted. He was super angry and just violent about it. Um, he was really just conflicted on how to approach it. He knew he wanted it to change, but how to approach it was a different story. Um, but at the end, we kind of talked about it, and I accepted to let him break myself down, to break me down and rebuild me in how he wants me to be. Um, so that's where the conversion therapy came in. What were you doing like day to day for it? Did you have to meet with someone every day or? I, yeah, I met with the imam, which um, is a religious figure. Um, in the mosque and we would just discuss religion and we would go into the Quran and we would, you know, he would try to prove that being gay is wrong and I knew it couldn't be proven. It's just interpretations everywhere. Um, and yeah, it just, it was a lot of time honestly hating myself so I could rebuild myself. It got to a point where things had to be adjusted. My moral values had to be adjusted. My physical attributes had to be adjusted. So I would practice walking straighter, or I would dress straighter. So to like adjust your body, the person either watching me or my dad would have to point it out or would, or would have to separate my legs. So, I didn't get electroshock therapy. I got the rustic, if you may, yeah. kind. But people don't want to know the details behind it. They just hear, oh, gay, back to straight, cool. Yeah. Check. Yeah. And, you know, if you're from the Midwest and you're conservative and that's what you want, that's all you want to hear. Yeah. While running for Congress in 2000, Vice President Mike Pence campaigned on providing resources for conversion therapy. On his campaign website, he said he would support, quote, institutions which provide assistance to those seeking to change their sexual behavior. Mike Pence won this race. While in Congress, he vetoed legislation that led to the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, and allowed LGBT service members to serve openly. The U.S. military today has openly gay service members because of this repeal. While governor of Indiana, Mike Pence attempted to pass legislation that would allow businesses to refuse service to LGBT persons. It was referred to as a religious freedom law. If you have someone who's in a position of leadership, a lot of people see like Mike Pence, who you know like doesn't think gay people 
should have the same rights as straight people do. Mm-hmm. It affects how people treat gay people just like in everyday interactions, just otherness. Mm-hmm. Like. take a listen. As your president, I will do everything in my power to protect our LGBTQ citizens from the violence and oppression of a hateful foreign ideology. Believe me. So when the immigration um, ban came out, all I thought about was all of the gay Arab kids that are trying to leave are being pushed back. Mm-hmm. Not only just the Arab kids and Arab families, people who are trying to leave for their own sake are being stopped now just because of their race. So that humbled me in a way mm-hmm. um, just because I am here. I have that opportunity now. Um and yeah, it, it still gets me thinking about hundreds and thousands of closeted LGBT kids roaming in yeah. a society where no one gives it, no one cares really. Yeah. No, I didn't think about it like that. That's really true. Do uh, you think the this administration cares about those kids? No. Yeah. No, no. So what do you think about the travel ban, uh, in Trump's words, acting as a protection against Islamic extremism, you know, especially considering your experience with Islam? So much hate has been put on me in the context of that extremist interpretation of Islam. It was really hard for me to go back until recently, really, to go back into researching Islam and seeing the the principles behind it and the true meaning behind it. Um, but again, that took me two years. Just this past semester, past couple of months, made me go back and realize, oh, this is just an interpretation. This isn't yeah. the religion just ostracizing me. This is people. Yeah, like I told you, I went to Catholic middle school. And like my family was very Catholic growing up. I, I mean, I, and I am and was too. It's It's something like personal, though, that's hard for me. I just have to kind of stop myself from thinking too deeply about some of the things I've heard, like, Catholic priests say about gay people before. And also, like, how, like, women can't be priests in the church. But what keeps me going back to mass and, like, not, like, outright just, like, leaving the Catholic church is just the overall, like, love and, like, family building that the church teaches. It's really sad that you have to look at it from, like, such, like, a meta scale. Mm -hmm. But it's true. Like, And you know what? I still identify as a Muslim even though you know I don't follow in certain practices that message of love and brotherhood and sisterhood and just this overall helping each other and overall um, just being productive together as a society that is what's keeping me in yeah I think gay people are like some of the most religious people I've met because they have to deal with like the outright like discrimination we've studied <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that we've come studied. that like come from like people in these positions of leadership like in within the church and we still because like we love it so much like come back mm-hmm. and like are like see the big picture are able to ignore these like these comments that are made and see the big picture of like yeah what it's trying to say it's hard yeah yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. We um we have like a really good family friend who's a priest and um he told my mom that my mom, of course, like I love my mom to death. She but she is an and she's a huge instigator. She like brought up to him the fact that I'm gay. Uh-huh. And like just to see what his thoughts were on it. And his thoughts on it from my mom told me were that, oh well that makes sense because you, my mom, were uh, you did everything in the house and you're a very independent woman. And my mom is, she's a badass. Like she got her master's degree while she was teaching full time. Like she does stuff like that. But his thing was like, you showed Allie that she doesn't need a man growing up. So she thinks she doesn't need a man growing up now. Oof. Yeah, exactly. Ouch. And uh, it was frustrating, but I still look at like the meta ness of the church. Like what the overall message is. Like, yeah, you have to. Yeah. You have to to not go insane. After just a month in office, President Trump rescinded an Obama-era letter that allowed transgender students in public schools to use bathrooms that corresponded with their gender identity. Yeah, no, when I heard about that, that really hurt me just because trans people have fought in our fight for so long. They were with us for so long. And I've been trying to give as much as I can to help the movement. A lot of people are suffering. You hear some of the things people say about trans people and like you literally just replace the word trans with gay and it's like the same shit that people have been saying about gay people before it became like socially acceptable yeah, or socially unacceptable Mm -hmm. to um, say like it's not right, it's not natural. Yeah. As the LGBT community we like need to not be silent on like trans people really like they don't get a voice all the times, like, and that's a struggle that like I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just now becoming, I'm doing air quotes, like popular to talk about trans rights. It's just you know what people really need to act. A lot of people have been acting for years. A lot of people need to jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, um, as members of the LGBT community, we can do to best like resist Trump? And what things should we be pushing back on? And what things should we like be celebrating? Because I mean, Trump is he like he really he's the most uh, LGBT friendly Republican president this nation's had. Mm-hmm. You don't see a lot of celebration around that. Well, I say don't celebrate him. Celebrate that we still have the rights that we have Mm -hmm. and keep fighting for that. Um, And don't keep quiet because if we're quiet, something's going to get turned back. Something's going to get brought up and then it's going to be too late to fight. Thank you for listening to the fifth episode of Trump 101, the podcast where we tell the stories of university community members affected by the Trump administration. You can listen to more of our work at Trump101podcast.com and follow us at Trump101podcast on Twitter and Facebook. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Special thanks to Aaron Clark for sitting down with us. Thank you to the University of San Francisco Media Lab for providing the studio and equipment. And thank you to Tintin for graphic design and Maloney for music. You can view more of their work at our website, trump101podcast.com. News clips are provided by CBS News.
We're taking a short break next week. We'll have a new episode for you two weeks from today. So to stay updated, keep an eye on our social media and your podcast subscriptions on iTunes and SoundCloud. <laughs>